You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life through the life and stories of black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive and welcome back to part two of my interview with Cecilia Nelson-Hurt from L'Oreal. And you're going to love this episode. And so this episode, we get into more around her work and her her commitment to making a difference and how she's making a difference in L'Oreal and, and, and how that is kind of... Ex- has come out of that into other parts of her life and what does that mean for us when we're called to um fulfill our purpose in that way so it's a really um lovely episode I'm sure you're going to get lots out of it so I'm excited about that and I am really really happy that we get to spend another week with Cecilia so here we are um I hope that your summer's going really well. It's going well for me. I am really feeling in good shape. I'm really feeling in good shape. And um, one of the things that is um, has come started to emerge through my exercise and my running is these things called running insights. You know, I'm, I notice that when I'm, you know, going out for my run, it again it's a t- it's a time of reflection so I get these really great insights about life and what I'm doing and how I'm approaching it and, and all of that and so I've started to post them on Instagram on my IGTV that's really what I post on IGTV that's the only thing I really post and so if you want to find out what my running insights are um about making connection about trusting ourselves about changing our perspectives and then changing our results you know so there's all different types of things that I'm sharing on there then head over to my Instagram uh, account and um you know just see my hashtag running insights and then sh- and then and then listen to what I'm sharing there because I'm getting a lot out of that a lot out of that and I hope you too too If you are loving She's Got Drive podcast, please rate and review the show. Share the show as well. Find one person in your life who you want to share the show with. It makes such a difference to to us when you rate the show, you review the show and share the show. And and I want it to expand and, and to grow. There's some things that I'm working on for to start to develop for the She's Got Drive listeners and um, an audience and thank you so much for those of you who have been with me from the beginning I know that you're you're out there and and I appreciate all of you as you as you join and and start to listen to the podcast and I really love hearing from you and hearing what you got out of it so please keep being in touch keep rating and reviewing the show and um, keep sharing the show so let's head back to Cecilia and in in part two interview and this time we pick up coming focusing on her work and how she's doing her work in in the diversity inclusion space. I do want to come back to your work, though. I do yes. want to come yes. back to, and I also want to because one of the, I do want to explore how your work and talk about how your work is expanding into the yarn and knitting community and craft community because I think it's a example of like a being called to something and then answering a call yeah you know yeah. Uh-huh. so uh, can you share with us yeah a little bit of 
of that because yeah, I, so. I think I, I think it, pe people can hear I, I'm I, I'm hesitating one minute I would love you to share it because when we listen to that there'll be other people who can maybe be are being called to something and they might be not oh i love that call. i love that called and, something right yeah. so yes yeah, so you know um for the past 20 years i've always had some aspect of my job that has to do with inclusion and d d diversity so right so right now i happen to sit in a role that is responsible for strategy but i've been a diversity relationship manager, um, looking at historical black colleges, looking at recruitment, you know, um, leading an affinity group. So I've always had a diversity lens, right? So that's important in, in my story. Mm -hmm. um, and for the past 20 years, I've been a knitter, right? I learned to crochet from my grandmother when I was a child and moved away from it, right? I, I, I didn't I, I didn't pick up a yarn and, and any sort of needle um, in high school and in, in my 20s. But when I did pick up knitting, I picked it up with such a passion. And so much so that, you know, I have my girlfriends who don't knit at all, right? My friends who are just my friends, whether they're my childhood friends or they're my friends through the DNI work that, that we all do, we have that in common. But a large percentage of my friends now knit. So knitting really is part of my life. It's not even a lifestyle, it's just a part of my life. Right. And I travel, and that's why Jerome being supportive is important. We travel, we go to a yarn store. Right. Wherever and so you are in the world, wherever I am in the world, if I'm in Germany, if I'm in Stockholm, I'm finding a yarn shop. I don't need to speak the language. I, I speak yarn. That's all that matters. Right. <laughs> you speak yarn. Knit, knit one pearl yarn. one is what you say. Let's talk. Right. <laughs> so the, the knitting community of modern day with social media is global. Mm -hmm. And so there are people that I now can call friends you know, that live in Paris, that I met them on Instagram. And now when I go to Paris, we go to dinner. When I go, you know, like we're like, we're legitimately friends. Like I know their lives, I know their kids and you know, their spouses and so forth. So back to the community, um, earlier this year, there was a diversity um, watershed moment, right? Um, where there was a statement that was made that really spoke to lack of awareness, bias, privilege, all the words, mm -hmm. right? And then that domino effect really, it was more than just a domino. It was like when the domino- It was domino watershed, hit, I would watershed. say, for the community. Yes, yeah, it's, it's watershed because it just, it didn't just trigger the topic of race and ethnicity, it triggered the topic of privilege and belonging mm -hmm. and intersectionality and unconscious bias and all these things. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, the, this one tipping point really reverberated around the world and it was internalized by different people in different ways. Yeah. And so people of color, so the term BIPOC, so black indigenous people of color around the world started speaking their, their truths. Mm -hmm. And I joined in the conversation. So first I was like, okay, I'm just going to say this statement and you know, I, I live my life and you can see my life and I could show you better than I can tell you. But then I realized that as people were talking that there was a need for other voices, right? So 
not trying to rank the voices in the discussion, but there was obviously a need for my perspective as a practitioner, Mm -hmm. as a fibrous, Mm -hmm. right? So I got to, I have that, you know, not the only one, but when I look at the intersectionality of me as a BIPOC person, me as a diversity practitioner, and me as a fibrous, Mm -hmm. right? That's I, I occupy this very interesting Zen um, Venn diagram, right? Right, exactly. And so this, the, the circles of, of all of these came together when I started talking about diversity and inclusion and speaking my own truths about having not good experiences in yarn shops and not seeing myself in the community, but doing it in such a way that I found myself teaching. Right, so I'm going to explain to you what this word means and show you how it shows up and show you what it looks like. And for some reason, people were were attracted to my message. Yeah. Right. And so people, I, I gained in followers. I gained in interactions, both um, in on the front end of social media, both as well as on the back end, where people were messaging me and we were having conversations. You know, I joined my my girlfriend's uh, video where, where five of us, we came together to have a, a conversation. And then I spoke at the Edinburgh Yarn Festival. I did a panel, I moderated a panel. And so I've been speaking now. And so I found myself this, I don't wanna say reluctant activist because I think I've always been a bit of an activist, but, some, but all of a sudden my circle of my passion for diversity and my passion for for marginalized people and speaking up and my circle for my passion of knitting, right? And then you talked about how I love to connect. So I'm connecting at work, I'm connecting and knitting. These circles really joined. And so now I am doing more of the knitting talking, right, about how can we advance in the community? How can we be more intentional as we think about how we are excluding or including um, others? Mm-hmm. Um, really talking to, I've had a lot of, of conversations with white women as well as white men on privilege and white fragility on, mm-hmm. you know, how we all can play a role in this. And so I'm at an interesting point now, right? I'm loving the work that I'm doing. I'm busier than ever at work. But now I'm also busy in the community. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's been a challenge, right? Knowing when to, to, to turn it off, knowing when to protect my own space, right? I'm I'm also a bit of an empath. And so, you know, I was just, I was at a knitting event this weekend and I spoke, I, I moderated a panel on Friday morning, and then I walked the marketplace and so people were coming up to me thanking me for the panel or saying they'd been following me and as an empath something about my open face people just want to tell me stuff like they want to share they want to not unburden themselves but i think in some cases they want validation for their efforts Mm -hmm. or advice Mm -hmm. or just to share and so what happens with me as an empath i take that on right Right. Like I feel like I don't mean it. You experience I don't it. I feel it. I mm-hmm. viscerally feel it. And so my friend um, Lewis, who was with me, Brooklyn Boy Knits, at around 10 o'clock, he was like, you're done. Right. I'm like, I'm so done. I couldn't take any more. Right. And it's so a lot. it's a lot. It, 
it's really, and then I had to, I, I was like, I, I, I gotta go because I don't want person a hundred who comes speak to speaks to me, get any other me than person one God. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I had to take myself out of the environment and just recharge. And so while I am an extrovert, right, I do have my introverted moments where I need to step away and not speak and not be spoken to and not think about anything. I think and that you... It's harder and harder. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the reasons why I think it's so important, this conversation is, there's so many reasons. Let's start with where you are now. Like the conversation is about your self-care. You're taking care of yourself. You're protecting yourself. You're knowing when you have used up your reserve, you know, for the for the day or for the week or for the month, and that you need to take yourself out of the space to take care of yourself because this kind of work is energetically exhausting work, you know, because you are you are engaging in very difficult conversations where there's high levels of emotion. There's high levels of, of issues around trust. There's, there's differences in the room. There's yeah. the dynamics that you're managing when you're moderating a panel of this nature. So it's challenging work, plus our own personal experiences that we are trying not to, like, how, how can I bring something that's useful and then not, you know, so having done DNI work, equality work for 30 years, you know, I know, I know what, you're, what you're saying. And then this has been a place where you was your place where you had rest and relaxation yeah. before and yeah. this is not that now so yeah. where are you so where are you getting your rest and relaxation because before you used to go to knitting yeah, and now no, no. you don't have that and so when we well, are called to something can we step in i mean you you can speak mm-hmm. to the degree of um how do we make sure that we are giving but not giving so much that we mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. sacrifice self. And yeah, absolutely. So I'm not going to be that ma- martyr. Right. No, I'm going to be that person, right? So knitting still is, I've, I still love, I still love yes. to knit. So I don't think in, you know, I have an injury and I take a pain medicine, a pain pill and I still go knit because it's so important for me. So I still decompress through knitting. There's mm-hmm. something about the motion of my hands and the needles and my mind can go or I can listen to an audiobook. Um, so knitting, I will never let go of. Um, I hope, um, God willing, that I always am able to. Knitting was there for me when I lost my mom, when I lost my grandmother through devastating life events. And so knitting was my friend, right? Yeah. And so I'm not going to leave her, her or him or they. <laughs> but what I have to do is be mindful of how much I'm giving, right? And so the lesson in self-care, it's still a lesson that that I'm learning. And I remember Lisa Nichols said um, many years ago, you know, feed people from your saucer, not from your cup, yeah, exactly. right? So from your overflow. I'm, I tend to occasionally still feed people from my cup, right? And not yeah. replenish. So... I'm trying to be more intentional with mapping out times for me to de- decompress mm-hmm. as well as recognizing those signs, right? So there was a time where I would have been in the situation that I mentioned on Friday and I would have pushed myself to stay, right? Right. So, so FOMO is real. 
So I'm like, oh, wait, they're getting ready to have a, a, a um, what do they have? Pajama party. They were having a knitting pajama party. Right. And so the dinner finished. So I'm like, I'm going to miss the pajama party. But there was a time where I'm like, oh, wait, the pajama party? I heard that's where all the fun happens. And I would push myself to go there. Right. And I would stay there. People would have kept coming up to me, right? Which is fine. I would engage. But then on Saturday, I would not be at 100. My battery would not have fully sufficiently charged. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm learning to step away more. I'm learning no is a complete census, um, sentence. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be everywhere. That's okay. Right. So I'm so I'm learning that I don't because part and the don't have to be um, everywhere was as much a part of my own fear of of missing out as well as fear of disappointing my friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't want to go to this, whatever it is. I'm so tired. But if I don't go, you know, Trisha will be so mad that I'm not Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. But if Trisha is my friend. I can say to her, look, girl, I'm really sorry. You know, I I really want to be there, but I am completely done Done. for it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know what? I'm going to come for a second and then I have to go. Right? Like set the parameters. I think that we can do better at, or people can, I think there's a number of things there. One is, this is so critical because there's so many um, of us who give a lot in this space around equity because it's something we're passionate about and we give um, sometimes freely and um, and because we want to see the change we just think well if I just keep on giving then I you know something I just I know I know and you just can't you can't do it all you have to how do I give without taking on the burden of it and that's and that's and that's very different and it's not helpful in the long term if you're just too burnt out and so it serves no one it, exactly so self-care is not an it's not optional i mean self-care is not optional period but it really if you're going to take something like this on it really isn't optional it really is critical and yeah. as a it's like a competency which yeah. i'm not sure people relate to it like that but that's where i start to see it i see it as yeah. a competency i see it as a as a strategy I, I don't see it as a kind of like oh let's do have some self-care no no and and it's so, also a, a a muscle that that um that we develop. Need to, mm-hmm. to develop so it's so for me again i am still on my on my understanding how much self-care is needed mm-hmm. right um and the thing also the so there's so many things about me besides the fomo a people pleaser right so i'm a people pleaser and I'm also somebody who feels that you need to be productive all the time. And that's right. a lesson that I need to unlearn, right? And, you know, when you come from people or a culture where um, hard work is valued, mm-hmm. when you're not doing something, there are messages that um, that you tell my husband and I, we talk about this all the time because he's very big on napping. He's so good. Like I envy his, his nap skill. Like he can he can say, "I'm gonna go and take a nap and go and lay down and take a nap." I never <laughs> say he's gonna take a nap. If I'm gonna take a nap, that nap has to be a ninja and sneak up on me and put me in a headlock when I least expect it. Because <laughs> I'm not going willfully. Like right. I'm not, like, no, I don't want to nap. No, I don't want to nap. <laughs> right. So I've got to get better at being still. Yes. Because. One, being still is when you hear God speaking. Mm-hmm. 
right? And so I've been trying to get up in the morning and meditate and be still. Two, it's okay to have a day where you don't do anything. It really and, is. And, I, and I'm still learning, right? So even on my so-called do-nothing day, right? I call them um, pajama days. Right. When I, when I get up and I don't really plan those days. Like I might, I might have a day with nothing planned and then it turns into a pajama day. Like I'm like, oh, I'm not getting out. Oh wait, it's 11 o'clock. I'm still in my pajamas. Oh, it's, it's one o'clock. Oh, I'm going to go. And it's three o'clock. Right. And so I, I have these accidental pajama days. Mm-hmm. Even on those days, I'm still doing something. I'm knitting. I'm planning my week. I'm like, so there's no such thing as just sitting still for me. It's very hard. And so I want to get better at giving myself permission to just sit and binge watch, Yes. you know, and, but I always feel like if I'm sitting, I should be doing something to show for this time. Like, what do I have to show for this day? You know what you can show? Rest. (laughs) What does that look like? What does it look like? You know, I, if you're a listener, a regular listener, you know that I've had duvet days. I share about my duvet days and I want to get better at have doing more duvet days in the year. I mean, I still have my own, I still have my own lessons to learn around this too. But the difference is, you know, and the duvet day came from a coach of mine. And when I was really at a point where I just, I, I, I was exhausted, you know. So in this coaching session that I had with her, with my coach, it was like a light bulb moment that I could sleep more, that I could give myself permission to go to bed and have a nap, that I could, it really was like this moment in the coaching was like, you mean I could, you mean I could go to sleep? You mean I could take a nap? And I forget that I work for myself, but I put myself at the desk. I schedule myself up to the yin yang, as they say, and I'm really going at it. Because yeah. I need to use every single moment before I, you know, go and get the kids or whatever, whatever things I've got to do. And so I really understood that it was, you said permission, the permission to give ourselves that gift is first and foremost. Yeah. yeah. And then once we give ourselves permission, then we can test out different things. And then I, and then she had this idea of the duvet day. And I was like, okay, now the difference between the day before and the day after is so mm. extraordinary when I just take a half a day even in bed. Okay, so what, what, because your duvet day sounds a lot like my PJ day. What's, so the, di- what's the difference? The difference, one is it's planned, it's in the schedule as a duvet day. Okay, so, so it's not an accidental day. It's like not me, accidental. It's a, so it okay. means that in terms of my run up to that day, it means that there's a, there's no communication on email and stuff on a duvet day. I'm not like doing. You're, you're unplugging. I'm unplugging. I'm unplugging. Ooh, okay. There's no. So I've planned for it because I know the duvet day is happening the next day. So I know what do I need to handle the day before so that it's not on my mind. You know, that's okay. the difference. So that's it's fair. not. The other thing is I make sure that I have all the food and stuff that I need. All the like some fruit and so I have those things that I need so I'm not thinking like I'm not rummaging in the fridge or something you know it's all yeah I'm taken care of I I mean I do if it's if it's a time when the kids are at school then I do have to kind of drop my son off or something so I'll get up drop my son I'll come back but then I go back into bed you know so it's really it's more intentional 
I think about what are the kind of lovely things that I want to do when I'm in. So I'm not sleeping the whole time, but I am in bed. And so, okay, so and then I have to make sure that I sleep some of the time. And okay. so okay. that's the thing. So I'm, it's planned for. I, so and you're I'm, in bed. Okay. So I'm, yeah, so I'm my, literally in bed under the duvet. In bed. Okay. Because my, my PJ days, right? I, one, my, my husband's like, sometimes you act like, like the bed is, is, is on, on fire. I jump out of the bed so fast. <laughs> He's like, I thought we were sleeping late. I'm like, it's 8.30. I slept late. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so, he, so, no, and then I'll go to the couch. And, again, the the nap ninja will, you know, I go on the couch and I'm doing X, Y, Z. And then I suddenly I wake up and I'm like, oh, wait, I, I, I just napped. You see this difference. I'll tell you what the difference is between the couch and the bed. Well, I don't know what the bed... I don't have work in my bedroom, so I don't know if that... I think okay, you have yes. to no, have a practice of that. The thing yeah, about I'm, the I'm couch is there are too many things in the environment to grab your attention of what to do, of things yes. to do. because the laptop is there, the basket of, of unfinished knitted right. projects, like, hey, right. knit me! Right, there's work. In okay. wherever your couch is, there's usually work around it. And that your your bedroom is a place of rest. Yes. It's so no familiar. You have the, you have the patterns, yes. the neuro pathways that says, yes, this is I what agree. I do when I'm in this space. I rest, yes. I chill, I relax. And, and so it is, it is different. So even when I take a nap, you know, the difference between, do I want a quick nap that's going to revitalize me to keep me going at my work? You know, sometimes look like a power nap. Well, then yes. I'll do it on the couch because that sounds funny. Because I, I will rest on the couch because I, I only want a power nap because I want to get up and be engaged you get, again. Oh, no, I, I'm a power, I, I, get, I get that. Right, but when I want to rest, rest, I'll you go stay to in bed. bed. You go to bed. So, well, no, I, I would admit that my body is trained, so I don't do, which is the other thing, I don't do things in bed, right? I shouldn't say that. <laughs> um, but I really try to make my body know that when we're in the bedroom, we're going to bed. Right. It so really I try is important. Yes. There, there are very few moments, and Jerome can tell you because he's very he's he's anti laptop in the bedroom. Right. So there are very few times when I'll bring my laptop in the bedroom. If I do, it's because I just want to be next to him and he's in bed. Right. And you have to do something. And I have to finish. I have to do this, you know, expense report that needs to be submitted, and I, you know, I'll bring it in. But I. I'm trying to get better at the bedroom being a laptop free room. It's not technology free yet, but it's definitely laptop. It's more laptop free than not. Yeah. And, um, it's yeah. A, I, and it's I, a sanctuary. I, it's a it? place of sanctuary. You, you know, create your room, your bedroom. Like if there's one space where you could create a sanctuary, then that's a place to do it. And then to know that, that it's a restful place, like there's candles and there's incense and there's that. all of those things that really yeah. elicit or humidifier that elicit rest and relaxation. And we work so hard, we give so much. It's important to create the environments that where rest can happen as well as us really giving ourselves permission to rest too. So. I, you know, I encourage you to try at least once a duvet day. Some of my listeners have actually contacted me and said they've tried out the duvet day. It's amazing. They've now scheduled it at least one a month or once every, twice a month. And they're finding the difference. 
Yeah, so, I, haven't, I haven't got to twice a month, but once a I, month and they're finding a difference it's making. So I'm going to try a duvet day. I'm going to turn my, my, my PJ day into a, a duvet day. Mm-hmm. Can I knit in the bed? You can knit in the bed because you find okay. that relaxing. I do. I do. You, okay. You, okay. You, you find that relaxing. But if you find, just work on a project that's easy for you, you know, that's really, not the one that's like giving you like, why is it, you know, I don't know if that is for you. I find that sometimes. (laughs) I have a project that's like, because I'm, I'm I'm a new sweater knitter. I'm not like dumb big guys. Yeah, I missed the bubble. You know, so I, um, to find, that's what I would say, you know, do do things that that are going to give you rest, give you the, but, it's, it does that for you so it lists that for you you can read you can read a, a book but you don't I'm, read a you know so when I'm reading I don't read a book that's to do with work you know a lot of my work is, a lot of my reading is non-fiction it's work heavy book. it's heavy so I yeah, don't no, yeah I, I don't do that I'm not going to be reading okay. stuff around race or my duvet day I'm just not going to be doing that <laughs> you know okay. can I ask you two more a couple more questions then we can because I'm mindful of your time and thank it's you okay, sure. the I wanted to, one of the questions that I've been asking all my guests is um, what's been a courageous moment in their life and be, mm. and a courageous moment being an action that comes from the heart that may be on behalf of another or behalf of themselves that mm. kind of went over, you know, surpassed fear and then and got you into action. So what has been a courageous moment that you can share with us? I think it's courageous in when I go live on Instagram, I'm not, I'm not editing it. Right. And so I'm speaking and I I don't have a script. I'm speaking from my heart. I'm speaking my passion and it's courageous because not everyone is going to accept the, what I'm saying. I could open myself up for attacks for trolls or whatever the term is. Mm -hmm. I also have to be be mindful because while I'm speaking Cecilia the knitter, I still work for a company. Yeah. Right? And we've seen many people get a little too rogue forgetting they work for a company and and lose their jobs. Right. Right? I don't but I don't want to let the halo or I don't say the halo cuz not the right term, but I don't want to let L'Oreal or the fear of losing my job prevent me from speaking my truth, mm. right? So yes, I work for L'Oreal, love what I do, but in some way, I think my voice right now is bigger than my role at L'Oreal, yeah. right? I, well, I think that my role at L'Oreal- It's yeah. aligned though, isn't it? You know, the, it, it, it's, it's a, definitely it's a, aligned. It's aligned. And, and, and without a doubt, I think, I think it adds some credibility mm-hmm. on why you might want to listen to me. Oh, well, if this, if this major, you know, international um, company is paying her, she might know something. So maybe we right. might want to, to listen and that's great, but I'm really speaking from as well as the knowledge, but from my heart and right. passion that I really want to make a difference. And yeah. so I don't think I'm, I've said anything really controversial. I'm challenging people and I want to challenge people to think and I want to do more of that right I was talking to my husband about this the other day saying I really want to do more talking where I'm talking about the things that we don't talk about right or we're starting to talk about now and so I want to be courageous in my voice and you know 
say things that I believe are my truths and not let fear of how they could be accept, how they could be interpreted or misinterpreted mm-hmm. stop me mm-hmm. or fear that while I am a people pleaser and I'm learning how to move out of that skin, right? Um, that sometimes the thing that I'm going to say is not going to be pleasing to everyone. Right. And I need to be, and I, and I okay want to be okay with that. Right. So fine. I'm going to make a statement. And if, and if, and if I lose some followers or someone says, well, I don't agree with that, that's fine. Right. But I, but I can't not speak my truth for, for that fear. So I, I want to be courageous in the opportunities. And, you know, when I see something, when I experience a microaggression, I am getting better at calling it in the moment. Right. Because right? the, the, there was a time, and I mean, occasionally it still happens when a, a microaggression happens and I sit there and I go through my head, like, okay, do I do this, do I do that? And I can't because I need to act on it. Well, I think, but, you know, it's so, I think there's so much in there. One is that I think your, your voice is such an important voice at this time in this moment in the fiber community. And given the nature of the conversation, we can guarantee there will be people who don't agree at some yeah. point. You know, yeah. that's just a given. That's like inevitable. Yeah. And then, and then, so thinking about ahead of time, how do I respond to that? And when do I respond to that is, is something for us all to learn. You know, we, yeah. when you are, you know, when you're speaking your truth and when you're standing for me, or I say when you're standing on the right side of justice, not everyone obviously believes that, but when you're standing on the right side of justice, um, you know there'll be people who don't agree. And then can you be with that when you and speak that, up? Yeah. And, that, and can you be okay with that? And, and you, that's I'm, where I'm at now. I'm so there right now. Like I, brilliant. it's more important for me to be the truth teller that I can't be concerned with who is offended or who doesn't agree with my truth. It's right. my truth. It's my story. It's, you know, if you're offended, then I would encourage you to sit back with that and figure out why. Yeah. And that that's not for you to do, but that's it's not work for me. Do. It's not for, it's not for yeah. me to make it easy for you. Right. right? right. Like, you know, I, I do believe that, I, I, I have a role to play and, and I'm fine to meet people where they're at initially, but then everyone needs to do their own work, right? So yeah. if if what I'm saying you don't agree with, that's fine. You don't have to agree with it. But if there's something about my truth that hits you uh, from, from a conscious perspective, then you should sit with that and figure out why. Like maybe what she's saying, you know, maybe she might be right. Maybe there's some or, truth in, or what's the, where's the or, truth? Or that's, that. you know what, that's, that's her truth. I don't see that. But let me think about how I could see that, right? And that's right. where empathy. Right. And the other thing I want to say about this as well, and, and in terms of my experience or how I support people and when I work with people around this is we make choices about the fights that we're going to fight and the yeah. battles, oh, the yeah. battles that we're going to oh, fight, yeah. you know, um, because... There are some people where I feel like I can engage in a conversation with them about it because I can see there's openness and willingness for them to look, for example. Mm-hmm. So let's have a conversation. Let's explore. Let's let there's real um, authentic commitment to learning mm-hmm. and discovering of themselves. 
And then there were people who was just like, this, this is just going to be a fight. I, this is not even like for the sake of anything, but more because yeah. they were fighting. It's just like, I don't want to, I have zero interest in that. And I'm able to see it much more and smell it much more than I did when I was yeah. younger. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah. oh no, I'm not fighting that battle. And there were other times when I'm not going to fight the battle. You know why? Because I'm just exhausted. Yeah. You know? Well, and well, so in I, those moments, because I think I can't be fruitful and helpful when I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. So then I'm not going to engage. And so there's multiple reasons, but it's always, it's like from a conscious place of ex, like stopping, thinking, exploring, and then making a choice about what's my next action versus reaction. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. I think, you know, and, and, and I call it, you know, um, this, this, this burden that we as DNI practitioners or, or equity practitioners bear, um, it's kind of like, you know, once your eyes are open, once you've eaten, eaten the fruit of knowledge and now, you know, you, you can't help but see things mm -hmm. and really quickly when something happens, you go through that, that discussion that, that you just said, like, okay, this just happened. Do I say something? How, um, how do I say it? Is it going to be received? How, you know, so, so, so you play it out mm -hmm. and you play it out in a matter of seconds before making a decision to act or, or not act. Right. Um, more than likely, we tend to act if there's if, you know, depending on the environment. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm definitely at a place where I want to be more intentional with my acting mm -hmm. when I see things using the moments to educate. Right not from a place of hierarchy that I know best, but a case of did, assuming that I can, that, that some good can come from the interaction. Right. Right. So yeah. you just did this. Let me tell you why, why, why what you did or, or what you said to me was offensive or how I heard it. Or is that what you meant? Yeah. Yeah, let right. me just say what the impact that it had on me. Yeah. I don't know whether whether you intended it or not. I want you to know the impact that it had. Yeah. And let's yeah. you know, so let's can you can you hear that? And then can you hear what can you get a sense of where it might have come from? Yeah. No, yeah. it's it's and you know It's but, a skill. Yeah. There's it's an it's, it's an art actually. No, no, no. One art. of my mentors is so good at it. And every time and every time, you know, something would happen to me that where I didn't speak up, I would go and tell her, I'm like, what should I have said? And she comes with the, you know, um, Marsha Haygood. Mm -hmm. She comes with such really good, well, what you should have said was, I'm like, well, that's so good. But again, you know, she had, it's, it's a muscle. It's mm -hmm. a skill. Absolutely. And so I am working on that um, among the many muscles that I'm trying to build. I definitely want to be, Someone who can um, call things as as they are in a way that allows people to hear me, hear what I'm saying, and not get defensive. Because human nature is, if if I tell you that you did something that offended me, you might want to explain your point. You might get defensive, and if I, you know, the 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 exchange that happens could either be fruitful or we both could end up arguing and no one win. Right. And that's not what, what I want. I want, I want to state my, my point. Hopefully you hear me and whether you acknowledge it in the moment, but hopefully I leave you with some thoughts that you go back and you're like, Oh, well maybe I, you know, she could be right. And now that I can see it from that perspective, I could see the role that I played in it. Yeah. 
Well, you know, and sometimes I can know when I am so angry that I know it, it can't be fruitful. This guy. Oh yeah. Do you oh, know? Yeah. So it's just like it's not gonna. I am literally not going to say anything. I can't say anything right now. I need yeah. to park it because yeah. I can oh no, feel I'm, 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 I'm living emotion. that right now. I'm living. You know? I'm living the. I I really want to say something, but I'm gonna hold my tongue for a minute because it's too emotional for me. And I know if I say it, it's not gonna gonna gonna. It's not helpful. It's not helpful. You either you know we have emotion, but not to be given by our emotion. And yeah. That's a that's a piece of emotional. Yeah. Uh, intelligence and intelligence. management yeah. where we it's, can understand ourselves so much that we're yeah. saying, like you know what. I literally am going to say nothing because if I say it's something, funny. it's going it's, to go. It's only one way it's going and we don't want it to go that way. I don't want it to go that way. So let me just take a time stop. out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I talk about this all the time. And my husband and I, we say this back and forth to each other. And when I did my, my, my girlfriend, Christy's, uh, her video on this whole situation in the knitting community, I talked about the, the, the think um, acronym, the, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it, necessary is it kind right mm -hmm. or does it does it improve upon the silence right right so is is the words that i say right now going to do all of those things maybe it's best for me not to yeah right so i particularly if i'm in if i'm coming from a heated perspective and i know that i'm going to not come across well but yeah. i'm really learning how to master my own space and my own language so that I can, so that the words that I say can be met with the intention so that you can, you know, so there can be some positivity, some positive movement in the direction of the conversation. Yeah. So let's just summarize it because you said it really fast. So is it true? Is it helpful? Is it true? Is it, is it helpful? Does it, does it inspire? Inspire or improve upon the silence? Right. Is it necessary? Right. And, and is it kind? Think. 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 Say yeah. if you haven't heard that before. And that's really, and it's that's so beautiful. Really, it's, um, and I, I saw it someplace, so I don't, I don't profess to own it. And if you, if you go on Pinterest, you'll find a lot of little <laughs> screen right. scratches. But I, we apply it in our, in, in our marriage, right? So we're, we're, we're having an argument. And so many times, um, you know, I like to have the last word. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like, okay. I'm going to say something. Let me think. We just had a fight. We just had a disagreement, whatever. And I need to say something. Is the thing, is the next utterance that comes out of my mouth going to make the situation better? Right. Or continue us down that path of yeah. fighting? Yeah. I love the, I love the phrase, does it improve on the silence? Yeah. I love, Sometimes I love that. Sometimes to say nothing. Sometimes it's best to say nothing. You know, if it's not, or another way I say, is it going to forward the action? Exactly. Is it moving things forward? It's, and if it's not moving things forward, then don't just, say it. Don't say it. That's, yeah. something that, that's one of the things I use in my facilitation. When we've, we're at time, we're like, uh, is what you're about to say going to forward the conversation? Because if it's not forwarding the conversation, let's stop. Let's time out on that. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can stop and think about that, you know, and you can be intentional about that. Yeah. This has been such a rich conversation. We went all over we the went place. All over. 
It's so great. Thank you so much for thank you for everything that you're doing at L'Oreal, for everything that you did at Chase, for every, who you are in the world, for the connections that you're making, for the work that you're doing in the fiber community, for the love that you give to your friends, for thank the you. love that you show to Jerome and the, the, the inspiring demonstration you both are. You know, for everything, I just love you so much. You just I love so you. wonderful. And no. you know, I'm just appreciate you spending time and sharing your wisdom and your experiences with us. It's just great. Thank you. This is really good. It was so good for, for us to talk. And you know, we can go on for as, as anyone can tell who's listening to us. We just love talking to each other, and we yeah. always find find new perspectives. And so, thank you because every time I spend time with you, I do feel that I've I've gained something from it. And so uh, my my lesson for today is I'm going to commit to a duvet day. Yeah. I'm going to commit to, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. You're going to do that. I'm going to do All day. In bed all day. Day. Yes. I know I'm, you're going to fi- find it challenging, but just stay in I, there. Oh, no, I know no, you're going to find it challenging, but stay with down. it. Stay with it. And then, then the next day, we have we can see how I feel in this gut. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, my love. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. Well, one of the things that I am present to is just how challenging equity work is. And um, this is not new news for me. I'm just really present to it at the conversation with Cecilia. You know, there are so many Cecilias around the world doing equity work, diversity, inclusion work as their day job. You know, many of us are having multiple equity conversations just in our life, you know, and, and, and being activists and standing what I say is on the right side of justice in the ways that we know how to and then there are people who take it on as their day-to-day experience and their difficult and challenging conversations and then being called to do that in a broader sense to fulfill a purpose is also um, important and challenging work and even though it is rewarding it's also a lot and so I feel grateful to Cecilia but I also want to do a big shout out to every person who is out there who is standing for what's right and true and um, and fair you know and to keep doing it to keep moving to keep committing and at the same time to make sure that every all of us are like really taking care so that you are here to keep fighting. You can't do that without taking care of yourself. Self-sacrifice is not a requirement. You know, you don't have to sacrifice yourself in order to do good work in the world. You could do both. You can look after yourself and you could do really good work in the world and really stand for what's right and true. So big shout out to everyone who's working in that way. I want to say I see you. I see you. And thank you and for that. And thanks, Cecilia, for being a guest on She's Got Drive. Again, if you're loving the show, will you rate and review the show? 
if you um, let me know what you're getting out of the show as well. What are you taking on? What are you? What? How are you transforming your life? How are you changing the things in your life that you want to shift and alter? You know, what's showing up for you at this time in your life? You know, let me know. Get in contact with me. You can always contact me at shellymcalpine.com forward slash contact me you can contact me through instagram at shelly mcalpine you can feel my direct messages or you can email me um or you can find me on facebook she's got drive facebook page she's got drive is produced by cassandra voltalina the music is by the awesome or female band blonde the song is called circles thank you so much for listening until next time go well and stay well